0: Welcome to a new episode of the XR Magazine Podcast. I am Diana Olenik, your host, and today we're going to be speaking with Jason Jim. He's the founder and CEO at Trigger XR, the world's most experienced XR developer and creative agency. Trigger XR is an award winning XR agency that creates AR, augmented reality, MR, mixed reality, and VR, virtual reality experiences that connect people to brands, sports, entertainment, and e-commerce. For over 14 years, Jason has been strategizing, building, and running XR solutions for the world's top brands, helping them to launch cutting edge AR, VR, and immersive experiences while leading them into the metaverse. Jason has been an innovator in mixed reality and has led the company through more than 300,000 hours of XR development, notably as a launch partner for Niantic's Lightship program and Qualcomm Snapdragon spaces for HMD, head-mounted devices, the augmented reality content partner for the global XR content, Telco Alliance, and as a preferred partner for Mera, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, 8th Wall, and Verizon's 5G innovation team. Jason's recent high-profile work demonstrates the wide spectrum of use cases for mixed reality, including entertainment marketing, for example, Jurassic World, Spider-Man, and Star Wars franchises, fan engagement, for example, NBA, NHL, the PGA Tour, and XR retail like Nike, Lego, Walmart, Finally, enterprise and 5G solutions like AT&T, Honda, Verizon, and of course, many more. Jason is a world-recognized mixed Reality speaker with talks on major technology and industry conferences, including AWS, Adweek, CAS, CS Unity Unite, TEDx, and Augmented World Expo. He has also been featured across leading tech publications such as um, CNET, Digiday, Engadget, Forbes, TechCrunch, VentureBeat, Wired, XR Today, and many, many more. Jason has seven assigned patents in XR and AR and was named to next reality steady people to watch in augmented reality. One of the most important things that I like to add to all his impressive record is his approach of social impact that he has created at Sar. So by what we can find in their own website, it says kindness and charity are integral to Trigger's course values. Each holiday season, they select a cause that is close to their hearts and make annual contributions to a relevant nonprofit organization past donations have gone to Habitat for Humanity, the Marine Mammal Center, and the Diné Navajo National Youth Group. So I am super, super excited to get to know all of these amazing insights, especially in MR, in mixed reality, and his approach to business and experiences and even a little bit of philosophy onto reality. Let's do it. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Jason, for being here today. I'm super, super excited because, you know, Trigger is a company that's had uh, such a um, record of building for amazing brands. So I'm super excited. Please let us know, Jason, how are you doing today? And how did Trigger XR got started, as well as maybe a little bit of your career? Sure, yeah. Um,
1: I actually had a previous agency, um, that was a digital marketing agency, mostly for uh, film clients. Um and when I started Trigger, um but that was with other partners and with investors. Um and then uh, Trigger was something I just wanted to uh, start on my my own first. And then we had some core members join us. but uh, um we were very much focused uh, early on, um also on film entertainment, but a lot of advert gaming. Um so we like to build uh, games for the movie studios to help market the movies. um we did a lot of uh we had a whole office uh, a studio in Shanghai that was uh, up to like forty five people at one point, which was two d artists, three d artists, game designers, game programmers um but all of that I think uh, became very relevant when AR uh, the technology became available. so we could take all those kind of uh, learnings and expertise that we had and Storytelling in the 3D space and interactivity in the 3D space and apply it to AR. So.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then
1: since then, like with Trigger, we are the the most uh, experienced uh, XR developer in the world. We do the uh, AR work for, for instance, like uh, on the entertainment side, Star Wars, Spider-Man, uh, Jurassic. Uh, we just finished Avatar 2. Um, on the sports side, we do a lot of the uh, big sports leagues. So. Uh, our teams can be on projects with the Dallas Cowboys, with uh, the NBA, the PGA Tour. Um, and then on the commerce side, um, we do a lot of work uh, with Walmart, with Lego, uh, Nike right now. So it's fun that the team gets to work on so many uh, big brands and big projects.
0: Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. So how was that transition from filming, from a studio focused on filming, to XR, did you have to um, just rely on the team and with this specialty, uh, with the skills, or how did you go about transitioning to uh, this media now?
1: I mean, the transition wasn't uh, – it, it took a while because what happened was we we first tried out AR in uh, 2009 uh, for a movie project. actually just met with uh, uh, Joe Epstein. He, he, he used to be at Sony – He's now at TikTok there, um, but he was our client for this one project. Um, it was for District Nine, and it was webcam AR. So you have to print out a piece of paper, hold it in front of your webcam, and you'd see the AR on the piece of paper. So it was very, uh, very clunky, right? Like you needed a webcam, and you had it's like a mirror thing. Um, but we were very excited about the technology even when we first saw that, and that it was low-res 3D. But the idea of like, oh, my favorite movie, I can have like, you know, uh, I I love, you know, Star Wars, for instance, I can actually see a Star Destroyer in my room or I can see a Stormtrooper in my, in in my living room or something was super exciting. So, um, but it took a while for the technology to actually, uh, really improve, um, and and actually move onto mobile devices. So that was the, that was the big change. So in 2012, uh qualcomm uh in r&d they had a group called a uh, buphoria uh it was a technology that was a ar platform for for phones uh and we met them at uh i met their ceo at, at gdc in san francisco you know they were just doing a small presentation you know no one had really heard about ar but we were already excited in doing it so we kind of partnered up uh very early so it was, it was qualcomm's uh uh, all of their tech teams and their programmers like inventing this technology. And then we would be the first to commercialize. We would um, use our kind of creative, uh, expertise and like our design skills to make it very interesting. Right. Cause, um, uh, and that was super fun because we used to joke around with the Qualcomm guys whenever they had a new technology, you know, no matter how amazing it was, they, they had a teapot that they would use as the demo 3D object. <laughs> in the scene. And it was it was always just funny that no matter yeah, uh, it could be something really cool like the first time, you know, that you could um uh do tabletop scanning and you'd still they still place a teapot there. So we could take that same technology and we would uh on, on that one for instance, we worked with McDonalds for the World Cup. Um it was like uh at that point it was like the biggest AR campaign in the world. It was a a billion markers uh on all the fry boxes, uh on like the you know, trade lining, the McDonald's all would bring up an AR game. Um but that was that was us with the ad agency, uh and then Qualcomm with the technology to, to come up with a campaign like that.
0: Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. That kind of leads me to ask you in what has been the most challenging and also maybe even creative project that you've worked so far and what mm-hmm. lessons did you learn from that amazing project?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a super hard choice for us because we do get to work on so many different things in so many different directions, you know. So, um, uh, I think one, one project that, uh, 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 we're very fond of, we work with a car company, um, with their, um, advanced design team. Um, so that's one of probably our closest uh, relationships at Trigger. Uh, we've worked with them for the past six years. Um, where uh every year they are designing a new car that's kind of like the North Star car for the for their brand but we are we get to tell the the story about the car in 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 XR so sometimes we would uh, early years we were doing uh, just the a AR experiences like you sit in a physical car and you see the HMI uh, the human machine interface in in AR and then later years we changed to VR where uh, um you're on a stage, everything is virtual, but the seat moves, we have smell machines, we have living machines. Wow. When you step out of the car, it's artificial terrain, and it feels different uh, based on the scene that you're at. Um, and in the uh, recent years, it's a true mixed reality. So it's a, it's a using um, a Vario XR3 oh, headset. Wow. Um, so those are, I think, $9,000 yeah. uh, Enterprise yeah. mixed reality. Yeah. Um, wow but it's amazing uh, they they built a full stage that's a, a chroma key which means it's all uh, it's all green screen with uh green props and stuff and uh um, so when we go into the world to look at the car um uh you can actually have actors move in and out you know let's say it's a it's a a future pickup truck or something like that you can actually go to the virtual car and uh pull something out of the, a physical thing out of the the, the cab in the, in the back, you know, or, or the pickup bed. So, um, you can interact with these physical objects in, in, in a, in a digital world and physical real people in this digital environment. Wow. So that's, that's been, I think the, the bleeding edge of, of the oh, work yes. there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I think that I saw a video about this headset that one of these big influencers put out there and, uh, it also during the experience was so choking that was even going to the philosophical point of how are we going to distinguish between yeah. when something is this real that we call reality and that and those environments that are going to be very immersed, very mesh with this is like putting another layer to the subjects and to the surroundings. What are your thoughts about that? It's exciting because you're creative, you're experiencing it yourself. Um, what, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting because um, it is kind of, uh, I mean, the first time we, we tried the XR3, we, we've been in this space for a long time and we've tried every headset, we've done projects. We've probably done, you know, uh, 20 HMD projects and stuff like that, but the, the first time we tried that on and in that experience, it was like this leap, wow. you know, like, whoa, what is this? It's like 4K in each eye. So 8K total res- okay. resolution, like it, it just, uh, you can really see what the future was going to be. Um. So, I mean, I think that kind of, um, really, uh, helped us, um, really believe about this future of like, Truly mixed reality, right? Like there's going to be a time when you, uh, you can't, it's going to be hard to tell the difference between digital and, and, and physical. But more importantly for us, I think that is like, even when you are in the physical world, there's going to be this real world metaverse overlaid over everything around you, you know? So, um, the idea of just being able to look at anything and seeing the digital content wrap around it. Kind of on demand, I think it's going to be really powerful and, and just change, changes how humans interact with the world, changes how humans interact with information, uh, and, and also with each other. So we're, we we, we can feel that we're, you know, I, I don't think it's even stepping up. It's probably even like a slope. I feel like it's gathering speed and getting faster and faster and faster, um. you know, and it'll just start to change even, uh, uh, more dramatically, uh, soon.
0: So yes, wow, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that particular experience. And speaking about the topic of MR, what would be the difference between creating particularly for VR and AR? And now because you're the experts in MR, the leaders, what would be the difference in the creation process?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, with the, uh, with VR, it's completely immersive. So you're just replacing everything around you. And I think the, the nuance on, on VR is going to be all the kind of um, um all the kind of uh, other kind of haptic things that you can change. So uh, on that car project for instance we had a you could sit in a seat that would move in six degrees of freedom to match the the visuals and you could have wind machines and you could have smell machines like that. All those uh, affecting your other senses besides the VR uh besides the visual sense is going to be the I think the, the next area to push on the VR side, um, on the AR and on the mixed reality or, or XR side or MR side, I think the, the challenge is, and, and not the challenge, but the challenge and the opportunity is that the uh, real world provides so much context. So, you know, we've seen AR where you just place it on, uh, you can place something on your table, you can place something on your floor, and it's the same thing that you place no matter where you, where you go. Like that's that's very beginner level AR. I think uh, as it gets as a uh, technology improves, um, we will understand the room. So if you place a character and there's a couch there, the character knows to sit on the couch. You know, when you when you see a character uh, an AR character outside in the world, it, it knows uh, or inside a shop. Let, let's say you see them inside a Target, they know where they're standing. They know the weather outside. They know what you what's in your shopping bag. Like all this data is, is, uh, and context is part of the AR content that you see. So I think that's going to be, uh, uh, kind of what we call smart AR will be the, the, the next level there. Um, so then the content creation, I think on the AR side, that's a little different is always being, it's not just digital. It's digital plus physical. uh, uh and so always being aware of like the physical context and physical environment and using the best technology to try to, uh, Try to understand that and, and connect to that in a, in a meaningful way. So
0: yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, I, I was going to actually uh, add on that, the context that you say. So by using even also integrating artificial intelligence, algorithms, et cetera. This uh, world that we know now is gonna be able to. We're gonna be able to see it replicated in a way that seems smart. That uh, it really f- flows well with what we call physical right now. Yeah, thank you so much. So, yeah, how- the
1: believability, right? Oh, sorry, the believability of everything. Yeah. Yes. yes, because of the AI, because of the understanding, will will go up. Yeah, right
0: yeah. now the AR that we see is placing objects, but we manipulate them, and it's like a static a still, right? Yeah. But later on, we're going to have that fluidity of understanding the context of how things behave in the real world. So that's exciting. Um, and how companies... Right now, are using these for their uh, marketing of their physical products, for example. Maybe some cases that you'd like to to share how actually they are doing this and how users that don't understand the technology actually are engaging with the XP. yeah.
1: Um. So I mean, we are excited because I feel like kind of XR, AR kind of applies to the whole normal like every every part of the sales funnel, you know like you can at the very top you can have experiences that are uh, more about just engagement you know um so for instance on on movie project uh, recently on Jurassic uh we created an app with Niantic um uh and the uh uh XR Telco content alliance but um um it allowed uh, people to see uh, to find the 10 din 10 dinosaurs from the movie and we got the models from ILM um so uh, they look great they they move great uh it's using some of Niantic's technology so um it's actually detecting the environment that it's in it's occluding behind trees and and things like that so trying to be as believable as possible but that's that's more of like a wow moment and you're just you're trying to get as much time and connect them to the brand you know uh, or or the ip and then and then uh, further down the um uh, kind of the, the sales funnel, there's kind of a, 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 AR is great for kind of product information teaching you about the benefits of something. So we've actually seen this a lot in retail where we can, uh, put QR codes and you can scan and then see an AR experience about the product. So now you can do this in web AR before we, we might have used like Facebook or Snap codes or something like that. But we are seeing, uh, uh, some of our, our best engagement numbers are around these products and i i don't think the consumer even knew that they were looking at ar you know Mm -hmm. they weren't trying to find uh a cool character they're just hey i'm interested in this product scan this code and then we would explain it in ar but it's very uh it's very utilitarian right it actually helps because your display space is not enough maybe if it's a uh this technology in the product you can't you have this much you know on, on your signage you can't explain all the technology there but with a QR code i can suddenly send them to a much bigger experience to explain everything in the product um and then of course there's a try on would be the next level uh so this is like a you know if you uh, if you've seen snap lenses you look look at yourself in the camera you can apply makeup you can try on sunglasses uh actually amazon just announced a partnership with uh, snap um uh where they are i think it's like a uh, a thousand plus uh, uh, glasses you'll be able to try on, so it's not just it's not just yeah, it's not just you know one brand or here's five glasses that you could try on. It's like thousands you can pick between. So that once you can try something on uh, virtually, you know the uh, the conversion numbers uh, go up you know a, a lot. In some cases, it, it could be a, a 11x versus like a, a a 2D image or something like that. Um, and then also the returns go way down oh, uh, because people have actually uh, tried it. Um, yeah. So that's, I think that that's super powerful in, in all kinds of shopping. And I think, um, you know, very soon, uh, you know, we've been, we've been shopping from 2d photographs since, you know, the Sears catalog in late 1800s, you know? Um, and I think in the, in the few years, people are going to shop for everything in, from 3D objects. You'll look back and go, why, how did I make a decision based off of? Oh,
0: no, for, for, it's so clunky.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why can't I just see it in life size? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and on me instead of like, you know, trying to imagine what it looks like and stuff. So,
0: right um, now we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's amazing. And when you mentioned, uh, the brands being able to measure or the measurements that you talk about, how brands are able right now to measure their kpis how they are integrating that that's something that we we want to learn so we can become more educated on what do we need to place in our apps or how do we need to make them so actually the brand gets the benefit because that's the ultimate objective
1: yeah so that's actually still like that that's a developing area for sure like so i I'm on the IAB um I think now it's called a metaverse board, but before it was the AR board. And uh, on that board, one of the subgroups is on measurement. Uh, so working with the teams at Snap and at Meta um, to try to figure out, you know, uh, uh, more measurement standards for XR. So there are typical things that, that you could do that like any other app, you know, you can just track engagement. You can track time. You can track, uh, you know, completion or how how many things they looked at and and stuff like that. So and then you can also track within the experience very detailed kind of activity. So did the person uh place this dinosaur? Did they do, you know, um this part of the game, did they feed the dinosaur? Like all that, all those things can be tracked and 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 presented back to the client. Um but the the place that's uh I think that's gonna be the most powerful that the hope thankfully the uh the people at That you know, Snap and Meta are 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 investing in kind of solving is if you have one minute of someone watching a YouTube video versus one minute uh, one minute of someone interacting in AR, what is the difference? You know, like I think we as humans naturally understand that if you are engaging with something and looking at it from all angles and interacting with it for one minute, that that should mean more than just sitting there, you know leaning back, you know doing something else and, and watching something uh just linear video on YouTube. so I think those are the things that we we want to find out like what's the real kind of like um uh unique benefit of x r that we can measure uh and, and prove out um,
0: that's different from other digital media yes, that's amazing i I really like uh, that you shared about this how this has been. Thoughts or the standards, or actually from the from the, these big companies, uh, in order to understand that from a research point of view, and how brands and the economy actually can e- even have an impact of the experiences, how they are designed, and the the impact or the results, the outcomes yeah. from that. Yeah, thank you. So and it's much. also, of
1: course, it's like all, all the direct impact from transactions. So we. You know, we can measure how many ticket sales come from the the lenses or how many Mm -hmm. uh, things are are, are bought. Uh, I mean, one other benefit that we've seen actually kind of if you take AR gaming and then tie it to a a shopping cart, a shopping experience, we've actually seen cart size increase, uh, average cart size increase because of that. So not only are, are they buying something, but they're actually buying more of something. And we feel like that that there's uh there's a there's some equation there of like because when you're playing the game you're again you're you're more engaged you're like leaning in you're not leaning back, and you're actually building the affinity for the the product during that kind of fun experience, so then when you buy you you buy more of it so those are the things that I think like with more research we can kind of prove out and um and really show the power of this uh of this technology,
0: yeah, thank you so Do you think that uh, the technology is going to tend to um, start to get even more implemented, even for cases that we didn't expect like that, in terms of gaming, like the actual gaming experience? Uh, is, is that, is that what you see that might be happening? Because the experiences that sometimes we have now when we are chopping, et cetera, not all of them are about gaming, right? But yeah. in your experience, do you see that that is going to tend to happen? Like more and more gaming experiences in, in e-commerce? Uh, yes, I don't, I don't think
1: that will be like the, the, I think we'll see gaming experiences everywhere because it's, it's so natural in, in, in the medium. And I think everyone's looking for, um, um, if you're not looking for utility, you're looking for entertainment,
0: uh-huh. you know,
1: so that's, that's a great way to sell something, right? Like make something fun as part of the shopping experience. Uh-huh. Okay. But I, I think the innovation is actually going to really start, uh, kind of like going up on the utility side, you know, uh-huh. so when you go shopping, you know, uh, if, uh, when you're shopping, you know the the system knows all your measurements. You know, mm-hmm. so when you're looking at clothes in AR, like it's the right fit already, oh, or yes. being able to try out swap out clothing to try entire outfits at one time instead of, you know, when you go to e-commerce, it's one one article of clothing at a time. So um, I think there's going to be a yeah a lot of uh big leaps and bounds on the utility side. Um, that actually I think uh drives adoption more than just entertainment like i think we we've, we've established the entertainment and uh um piece it's it's going to grow but we it's like a known animal we know that works the thing that's going to start really attracting consumers is just like in addition to being super fun and and, and it it like uh, entertaining it's also very useful uh, across all of these things in, in in my life so yeah, yeah.
0: and how about- So we see
1: it as a, a oh, sorry we we just see it as like There's, there's play, there's work, which is an enterprise, and then there's life. So the life piece is the, is the bit that is going to be kind of evolving more in the next few years, I think.
0: Oh, amazing. Yeah. Thank you. So how about the technology needed for this? Um, do you still think that the, the phones, uh, the standard technology that we have now would have the capabilities for, for this or are consumers needed to actually use other type of devices in order to access this. Because when you mention that in context, what would be what is gonna to tend to happen in context, you could have these amazing experiences where it's kind of it kind of reads your measurements, so it works in context with with your individuality. Does it require a different type of device or that is something that works with the technology that we have now?
1: I mean it's going to be a I mean we are working with Qualcomm's uh they have a Snapdragon um XR fund it's a 100 million dollar fund um and it's uh so Snapdragon is Qualcomm's uh chipset and and OS for head uh HMDs so AR HMDs uh so we're on um several kind of showcase projects with them and we we really think that is going to be our our future um but it's going to take some time to get there so there's a lot of kind of uh big technology leaps that have to happen along the way so recently um uh a a a project that we just worked on with duran duran uh it was showcased it's the first time it was kind of wireless uh glasses so all the all the um processing and computation is still on your phone that you can keep in your pocket normally you need a tether you know, like a wire, a cable, and this is the first time they have a, a Bluetooth fast enough that it's completely wireless. Um, so that's going to be a, a big leap, right? Because people won't have to wear glasses that have some, you know, cable dangling. Uh, but there's other other big chip advancements that will that need to come for mass adoption. But I think that for on the consumer side, um, it's not like one day we are using we don't use AR. On a phone, and then suddenly HMDs come out, and then everyone's going to switch. I think it's it's a very it's a very uh, you know iterative like slow progression where we're just we're going to use a phone. The phones are going to get more powerful and do more things, and we'll do more and more AR on our phones on a, on the day to day life, you know. And then at some point, when the glasses uh uh you know get to the technology that uh, or capabilities that we need them to. We will, we will do a, we'll start swapping, but we will be so used to those features because we've been using them on the phone, but suddenly on the, on the glasses, it, it, the hands free part of it, uh, makes it easier. Right. So, um, and then I think like in the, in the, you know, in, uh, in the future, it's kind of the same as like, uh, sometimes I use my iPad, sometimes I use my laptop, sometimes I use my phone, you know, and sometimes I have my big screen on my desktop, like, and then I might have VR goggles. So it, 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 I don't think we'll ever get to maybe you only use one device all the time. Yeah. yeah. It'll just be the mix. What is the mix between the devices? Yeah.
0: yeah. Huh, that sounds super exciting. What is your take on this? Uh, because you've been a little bit more in, in touch with the, these advanced technologies, etc. Um, of course, nobody knows the future, how that is going to evolve and exactly when, but what is your best guess? Uh, into like 10 years from now, 15 years, how do you see? It?
1: Oh, I think we're going to see big advancements within the next three to five years. For sure. Oh, um, uh, just because we know that what, what's happening on the chipset. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're pretty sure Apple's going <laughs> to release something. Hopefully fingers yes, you, yes. you know, I'm this excited year.
0: about that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Because I'm
0: an Apple user. All my devices are from Apple. So I'm excited. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think that 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 uh, they're so good at making something very yeah. consumer friendly, and yeah. they make sure that there's enough content for users to adopt it. Absolutely. So that will that will be a big leap for the whole industry. Again,
0: so. Yeah, that's that's yeah. gonna help the industry as well. Yes, for sure. So I like to start going into the the end part of the podcast by highlighting something amazing that happens at Trigger XR, which is that you have like a give back. Initiative and, uh, I feel that is so beautiful. So I wanted to bring it forward to let us know a little bit about how is that that giving back you have implemented it in TriggerXR and what does it mean, especially for the holidays?
1: Yeah. So, um, uh, so it was kind of part of our mandate when we first started the company. We, we wanted to make sure that if we have a successful year, that we, we do something to give back, uh, my, Uh, my dad who passed and and, and my mom, they were both, uh, in the kind of architectural field. So, uh, when we were looking for projects to give back, we were always looking for, instead of going into a general fund, um, you know, just donating money, we wanted to donate to build projects. So to actually have something that's a little bit more permanent. So if you, um, if you look at our kind of charity work, there are, we funded things like, um, uh, girls school houses in, in Afghanistan, um, uh, orphanage housing in Cambodia. Um, we do a lot of animal stuff too. So anywhere from like ranger stations, uh, we did, uh, with the Diane Fossey's group, uh, in, in Africa. Um, we've done ranger, ranger, animal ranger stations in, uh, in Cambodia. Um, we've actually, um, funded a rescue, uh, boat for the Marine Mammal Center in, uh, uh, up in, uh, Northern California to, to save seals and whales and stuff like that in, in California. Um, but our, our most recent projects are, um, actually with the, uh, Navajo Nation. So we've been working with the Diné Youth Group out there. Um, we've been helping fund, uh, a youth center that they're building. Um, the Navajo kind of nation got really impacted by COVID. Um, so we felt like that was a, that was a, that was an area that I, I felt like, uh, um, Um, really kind of needed the funding. So we built a, we're, we're funding a library, a, a small library in the SUSE Center. There's a, um, there's a arts and crafts area. So Lego is actually donating all the Lego bricks, uh, for, for the arts and crafts area. And then, uh, we're, uh, donating for the performing arts stage as well. Um, and then from there, we've, we've actually, the exciting thing is we started working with the uh, Navajo Tech University, which is next door. Um So we just finished our XR 101 series uh, lecture series with them. So we're trying to see if we can take the knowledge that we have at trigger and then um, um teach it to some of the kind of uh, underserved communities uh, out there. So uh try to kind of, you know, make technology equally available to everybody. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we feel like some of the tools like this from our partners, like snap and, and meta and stuff, they, uh, if, if, if we, there are talented people everywhere. So if we can teach them how to use the tools, they can quickly get from, you know, um uh, not having any experience to enough knowledge to actually make a freelance job out of it and actually start earning money and start, you know, being an earner within our industry. So um we're excited to see where that could go.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And um, I feel very super inspired. To be honest, I've been also Connecting with some companies, but I haven't seen one so far that have this amazing program, and that's why I decided to to mention it so more people get to know about the other beautiful part of uh, Trigger XR. Thank you for sharing that. I think that many more companies should be taking this example and uh, give back to the community. It has, of course, a big social impact, and it also brings more um connection to you as a brand and uh, people recognize that this is a leadership act thank you so much so yeah I think that when I was in Churchill when I was in Thompson sorry and you mentioned you were in Churchill I also saw there like this this is a remote place and I saw this beautiful opportunity of bringing some sort of project like tiny housing or something like that. So when you mention architecture, I've had that in the back of my mind and I feel so aligned. I said, wow, how amazing it would be to bring tiny housing to these communities that are underrepresented and they are living in remote areas where sometimes even the foods have to get there by an airplane. So yeah, same, thank you. Yeah, I, I feel totally related with those beautiful causes. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that.
1: it was it was really kind of a, a interesting working with the Dine youth group and like seeing what they have to struggle with, you know, like it's so, it is crazy to be, you know, we're, we're in Los Angeles, you yeah. know, it is 2022, like you have all this around you. And then, you know, uh, in a few states away at the Navajo nation, they, they may not have running water. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't have electricity. Um, so it was even things like, how do you get, you know, they, they used to, uh, um, because the schools were closed, they would have to, Drive buses up into the neighborhoods with, with like a wifi hotspots. And then the kids would have to come and sit around the bus just to get the, the, uh, like wifi, you know, internet connection to do their homework and things like that. So I don't know. It's a, it's, um, yeah, whatever people can do to kind of try to even the playing field, make it a little bit more fair, help others. I think is a, yeah, uh,
0: worthy yeah. cause for sure. It's a great example. Thank you so much. Well, you've been super, super amazing at giving us all of this insight, this value, sharing your experience, sharing the amazing work that TriggerXR is doing. We're super grateful. Thank you so much, Jason. Is there anything else that you wish I had asked you today? Maybe I missed something. We never know. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I think that's a, that was a fun interview. Thank you so much, Diana. Um, a yeah, pleasure to be on your podcast.
0: Thank you so much, and see you in the next episode. Bye
1: for now. See you.